Welcome back to the She's Crafted to Thrive podcast. I'm excited that you're here. If you are a new listener, welcome. Say hello. Reach out to me on Instagram and say, hey girl, what's up? Um, Send me a DM. I'm always there. I'd love to hear if you've been a longtime listener or did a friend refer you. I love connecting with you all. And if you've been here for a while, thank you. The show wouldn't be here and existing if it weren't for you. So thank you. Before I hop into talking about this amazing guest, Roxanne Glazier, I want to remind you that you can always connect with me on our website at craftedtothrive.com for the podcast. And you can also leave me voice notes about different things that you may have thought of when you listen to this episode or other episodes or any questions you want answered specifically. And I'd love to answer that for you. All right. So why am I so excited about this episode? I say that probably about every episode, honestly, but Roxanne and I met at a online Creative Spark Summit. And if you've been around, you've heard me talk about it, but I will put a link of it in the show notes so you can take a look at it. They're having another one coming up at the end of this year in 2022. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But me and Roxanne just really jived on the connection of how creativity really can help you grow and process grief um, while rebuilding your life. And in so many different ways is Roxanne's story really around grief. And grief looks different for everyone. And this is something I talk about in the show with Roxanne, that whether it's the loss of someone you love, whether it's a loss of an ability to do something because of a chronic illness or a life that you thought you would have, it can feel challenging, right? It can feel like I shouldn't feel this way. We have all these like things around what we do about grief. And we're going to talk about how Roxanne used creativity to an extent to really help her um, through this process. And so I think you're going to enjoy it. She is just a, a wonderful person. She really has used art to touch the hearts and minds of young and old by being an instructor and teacher on literary and creativity um, at different kid workshops and camps and retreats for different um, universities. She is just a teacher and a storyteller and just a real person who has experienced creativity through the good and the bad times and how we can use creativity to really help us heal and grow. And so we're going to talk about how we can use creativity and what grief looks like or what it can look like so we can remove the stigma of what grief could look like Um, and just the different steps of actions that really helped her build that resilience that we all are cultivating in every day of our lives. One reason why you might want to stick around is because she has some amazing quotes. Two of them I'm going to share with you, but you'll just have to stay tuned to listen to it all. One of them is that she helps people find their cup to fill their cup. Mm, 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 mm. She's going to talk about how she does that. And she talks about intentions and very, like intentions is a very important thing to me. But I love this quote so much because I think we all need to embrace this mindset or this way of intentions. And it's, she encourages herself to hold her intentions of the day with open hands. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in this episode. So stay tuned. You're listening to the She's Crafted to Thrive podcast, and this is your host, Nikita. On this show, we're talking about what it's like to start, grow, and scale a business while living with chronic illness. You will hear from other creatives and CEOs as they share their stories and the lessons that led them to learn to lean more into what worked for them. You'll discover that success does not mean perfection and fear, negative thoughts, and challenges are all a part of the journey, but there's always an abundance of wins. So stay tuned and you'll find the inspiration and tools you need to craft a life and business that thrives. I am so excited to have Roxanne on the show. Welcome to She's Crafted to Thrive. Welcome. Please tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, what you love to do. 
Well, Nikita, first off, thank you for uh, having me on your uh, podcast. I'm very excited about this. So I'm Roxanne Glazer, and I live in Waco, Texas. But online, you'll find me as Super Doodle Girl, which as uh, my story unfolds, you will discover, I'll share that that's my superpower is doodling. As simple as it seems, it's got serious, serious superpowers in it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I work in marketing and learning for a tech company, but I also do workshops that where I help people get unstuck using simple creative tools. So I do that as Super Doodle Girl. I do in-person and virtual workshops. I love that. And yes, super doodling, like doodling is a thing. I love it. I also love that you're from Waco because I've never been, but we all know about it because of Chip and Joanna. (laughs) Um, But I am most intrigued about how you got into doodling. So please tell us how you came to this place in life where doodling is a superpower. Like we want to hear about it. Yes. Well, okay. Before I hop to that one little tidbit of trivia, I forgot. I always drop about Waco, Texas is it is also the home of Dr. Pepper. So if you ever visit, you're going to visit the silos, of course, and Chip and Joanna, all of that. But we also have the Dr. Pepper Museum. So anytime I would do sessions, one of my jobs, I would teach through video conferencing to kids all over the US and, you know, and some in, uh, in Canada, Australia, they were always very fun. They were like, what? You're there? I'm like, yes, that's where Dr. Pepper is. So now how I got to, I think I've always had that superpower of doodling. It's always been my superpower, but I'll get to how I really unpacked it and started using it these last five or six years. The first time I discovered it, uh, it was not, uh, it was not celebrated, Nikita. I'm going to tell you, because in first grade we had, and I've shared this story before of, we had, uh, back when I was in school, coloring sheets were the, that was the art form. We didn't have art teachers in school, but we would have coloring sheets. And it was very important to color a certain way, a certain aesthetic to your coloring. Mm -hmm. And I particularly remember it was a cow worksheet and I colored it purple. And my mother got a call that uh, I was not coloring properly. And so, you know, being a certain type of creative child, I tried other things of like not coloring it purple and coloring the background with orange polka dots. And, you know, I'm just trying to work the aesthetic because I'm like, oh, well, this might be cool. So, yeah. So, nope. I learned to color within the lines in first and second (laughs) grade to be like, because I'm also was, uh, you know, I wanted to be a good student. So, but then I just, it always kept bubbling out. I would doodle on, uh, we used to cover our books with paper book covers and I would doodle on those. Mm-hmm. I would doodle on the sides of my paper. I would get in trouble for that. Then I would write <laughs> backwards and upside down on my notes. So I was always doing that. And now it's a thing. It's called sketch noting. I'm like, hello, yes, you can draw to help you learn content. And so that was, mm. that was really cool. I did a session on that a couple of years ago for a, the distance learning conference of how to use drawing with your curriculum. It's amazing because mm. drawing is our first language. You know, mm. we, anyone who has kids been around kids, you've seen how they love to draw on the walls, on the couch, everything. <laughs> so it showed up in a young age. So now have you had experience with, uh, I just find that fascinating. I don't think it's so interesting to me when I have people on the show and they like, I'm like, I guess that is so true. Drawing is like literally the first thing that we do. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's such an interesting fact. Well, and it's so interesting because it is one of our first ways, uh, uh, expression that we are creating ourselves and we do it and you watch children will do it just exuberantly until around 9, <laughs> 10, 11, yeah. when they become self-aware and then they want it to look realistic. Mm-hmm. And so many times there's no instruction. And so then they start that narrative develops of, I can't draw. Yeah. And then it's reinforced. And I work with a lot of stu- uh, adults now mm-hmm. who are kind of unwinding that narrative. And yeah. they will tell me they all have an origin story of when the moment they learn that. Yeah. And it, and and I think we, we, when we were in our, um, we had a live on Instagram together with, um, 
uh, Kimberly for the Creative Spark Summit. And that was when we were talking about like everyone has an, a trigger or a moment in time, like an origin story, like you were mentioning of when someone said you weren't good enough, or this is not how you should do something. And then that has triggered all of this critical thinking about how we view ourselves, how we view our art and all of the, those different things. So I'm fascinated to see how does that, how has that affected when you're teaching? Cause I know you do a lot of teaching around creativity how hard is that for like adults to like break into like being more free from that thought? It is, it is very difficult because mm-hmm. I am standing there a real person and I'm telling them once yeah. and they have an entire lifetime of conversation with themselves mm-hmm. in the conversation that has happened since that, you know, that moment in time where they heard from uh, many times it is from like, uh, an, uh, when I say authority, it could be just a trusted adult in their mm-hmm. life who made a comment. And sometimes it can be just a, a offhand of like, right. Oh, is that the best you can do? Or oh, maybe <laughs> you're, you know, maybe your talents are better over here, you know, and yeah. even trying to redirect. So that's one of the things I'm very careful in careful. I, I try to be very empathetic and very kind. And one of the things we do in my journal jumpstart workshop is we work on self-talk. What's another way we could say that, Mm -hmm. that gives space for the growth mindset. Right. Right. Because that is so powerful too, because your mind, you know, you, you really can't tell like your mind, the story your mind tells you can be so real. So if you can rewire it, reword it, rework it, Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that is such a, that's such an in, interesting, and we could go like a whole conversation just on that thought. <laughs> uh, I got so sidetracked. I was like, so this is what happened, you know, and then <laughs> I do have the last six years. That's kind of interesting of what happened there, but yeah, it's powerful. And like you said, the adults that I work with in my workshops, face-to-face and virtual, it's when they see they can do it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it's like seeing Christmas through a child's eyes Mm. and you know, the magic and that when they're so excited or if it's their birthday, whatever special event that a child sees or experiences, sometimes bubbles, whatever that, that pure joy, (laughs) I have seen that in adults Mm. when they create something and my journal jumpstart ladies have been so proud. They have been taking their little journals with them. And they tell me the stories. They're like, my husband's tired of seeing it. My best friend's tired of seeing it. Because they are like, it's like show and tell every day for them. They're like, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And then when they show it and they're proud, and people are like, oh my gosh, you did that? And they're like, yes. And then they start to own being creative. Yeah. I love that story. And I so get, I had this experience. So we're going to get back on topic, I promise. Um <laughs> I was walking out of a home goods store, which is one of my favorite places to shop. Okay. Like get in trouble. Seriously. (laughs) Roxanne's like, yes, that's me too. Um, And there was this woman and I don't know what the relationship was, but it was a woman and young girl. And she had a young, she couldn't have been more than like seven, like, and she was walking with a walker and she had a prosthesis and it was raining that day. And so I was walking outside behind them and there was a puddle and the magic, like you were talking about when you were talking about like how kids, the, the excitement in her eyes over jumping in a puddle was like, like I just stood there and watched it. Cause it was just so infectious to see how like, it was so much fun for her to jump in a puddle in the middle of the rain. And it helped me think like, you know, as we get as become adults, thinking to do that, we have all these other layers of things that are getting in the way and how that actually, in a lot of ways, puts us in that fixed mindset versus that growth and like wanting to experience and being curious and just having fun sometimes. And I was just like, it was just, it's still, it's still present for me, just imagining her and seeing her do that in my head. Oh, that is beautiful. And so that connects, I'll connect back to the journey because that is, you know, as I kind of grew up being a creative person, but not owning it because I couldn't draw 
realistically. I could draw other ways, but it wasn't, I never owned that it was my style. So I kind of did other things in life. I uh, taught school. I've, you know, taught all kinds of different things. (laughs) Teaching is my thing. So I teach a lot of different, you know, I taught teachers to be teachers. I've taught all kinds of things like that and just kind of going through. And then I'd work in drawing with it. Like the old school before there were, we used to do like hand-drawn signs before workshops, you know, and Mm -hmm. I would always be, I'd volunteer to do that. Anytime there was a group that needed a recorder, I would do that. And so it just kind of was floating, not just kind of floating through, not really noticing. And then in 2015, uh, my husband passed away after a long illness. And that, thank you, that was... It really changed me in ways that I didn't know. Like Mm. I kind of expected to be sad just Mm. because culture norms, you know, I'd be sad and, you know, I'd never been through it before on someone that close to me. And, you know, because other people had, had died and I had been sad, but this profound grief was very different. And so my body hurt so much and I started feeling kind of stuck and then the depression kind of came and then the grief and it was just a lot. And so I end up and I, and I kind of have a a sense of humor about it now, but there were days where I'm like, I would just lay on the floor and look at the ceiling fan. I'd be like, Oh my gosh. You know, I can remember driving to the store forgetting why I drove to the store and then being enraged, seeing a cute little couple, a little man and a little lady holding hands, walking into the store and just being mad and driving home. Like I had all of this just stuff. And at the time I was not really well connected to others. I just kind of isolated myself and was like, what am I going to do? And I honestly didn't know. It was just a dark time. I didn't have many tools to access to help me. I just, I didn't know what to do. And so then little things showed up. I went to this camp called Lucky Star Art Camp and met this amazing group of women that I was just, it was six six weeks after my husband passed away. So I didn't say much, didn't connect with people, mm. but just kind of sat in love. Like I could feel yeah. this energy. And yeah. so I was just kind of like, I'm Roxanne, not okay. Didn't really tell my story much, just kind of sat. Uh, I started practicing yoga. And then in the spring, I took a hand lettering class. So I started doing that in the evenings. And I was like, and if you scroll all the way back on my Instagram, you'll see that's exactly when I started. I started sharing on it. It's, it's terrible terrible, like ugly, ugly, ugly. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, Hey, I'm doing something. I'm going to tell people. I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you were, you were just experiencing it and, 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 you know, getting through life at that time. It's it's okay. It was the, the, um, yeah, I I was still kind of like, I kind of was like standing up again and it was in, Mm. in May, Eight months after my husband passed away, it was about this time. I'm going to get a little choked up here. Uh, my youngest sister passed away mm. Memorial Day weekend, six years ago. And it hit me mm. so hard. It took me back, not where I had been when my husband passed away, but I think it took me back further mm. to where mm. I was in this profound stuckness. And I was so stuck. I I couldn't really do any work on myself. I could only like go through the motions. Yeah. If that Mm. is like, you know, some days I'm like, I could could barely get out of bed, you know, I'd forget to eat profound. And so what got me through that summer was softball. (laughs) We'd go to softball games and I would be like, okay, I can get up and I can do that. Uh, Mm. And then I would doodle in the evenings. Mm. I would practice those letters. And then I was like, I needed something else. So then I went to, I um, uh, found a program called Grief Share and I went through it. I uh, found an amazing counselor, um, found a, some great like medication. Uh, so I'm not going to say doodling is the superpower to solve all your problems. Please do not. <laughs> Do I always have to asterisk, asterisk. No, it is not the <laughs> only note, thing. Footnote, <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I'm like, there's a lot. It's one little quiver in the, mm-hmm. you know, one of my tools. 
But yeah, so I just, I kept doing things. Mm. And the, what I started discovering was the, what helped me heal so much was that kind of mindfulness and breath, yeah, which I found in my yoga practice, which mm. I found when I was practicing my lettering, mm. which I then found in my doodling yeah, in creating art. And so then I just kept doing stuff. I mm. just kept, I, my little quote was like, get up, get dressed, show up, whatever that one is about just showing up, you know, yeah. just, just, you got to get up and do the next thing. And yeah. I just kept repeating it. And now I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, that that is, there are so many things with that. I mean, first and foremost, the, the, those are two very close, like closer than close, you know, relationships. And then for them to happen so consecutively, I can't even imagine. Um, so I just want to, you know, give my heart and condolences for you. And I'm glad that you didn't give up because some, some do, you know, um, I'm glad that you continue to hold on, even though it felt like maybe impossible. Yeah. <laughs> just holding on. I, I think when I think about times like this, even for other people who have experienced this, I think of a cat on a tree limb, just like barely holding on like I'm still holding on waiting for the firefighter to come save me <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah I am um, that's a lot but I do love how your mindset was you know I'm not gonna give up I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna be there even though I have no idea what I'm gonna I'm I have nothing to say <laughs> I'm just here mm-hmm yeah. And that was, that was actually, I went through the formal grief share program is 14 weeks. And the first time I went through it um, with my dear friend, my now dear friend, Gail, we met sitting on mm. the corner in grief share, crying mm. and eating chocolate. That's literally <laughs> all we could do for 14 weeks. Um, and that's what we say about just the first step really is just to show up. Yeah. And when we say show up, it is not about all makeup and all prettied up and Instagram ready shown up. It is like mm-hmm. off the floor show up. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing when I find now in the art that I create in the workshops I lead, it is you start doing the work, you start mm-hmm. doing the thing and then you know what starts to happen. Then the other stuff will follow. Yeah. It's kind of like that research of like, if you can, what is it? Uh, like how, if you can, even if you don't feel it all the way through, like a smile on your face can like yes. change you, mm-hmm. change your mindset. And I'm not yeah. talking like toxic positivity kind of stuff. Right. Like I'm like, cause you know, sometimes everything's not going to be all, all right for a while. Right. And so. some, some negative things are actually positive in themselves because they help you get to where you need to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning a lot about positive psychology you know, in my field of mindset. And it's like, like you said, there is, there's grit and positivity. You know, there's a little bit of work that also has to happen with a little bit of pain. Like, you know, like a little bit of pain can help you find some grit and make some like grow Mm -hmm. in a way that you never would have if you just kind of always stayed in the happy zone and never dealt with things, you know. Well, and Nikita, that's interesting. You like to tag on to that because at the time in 2015, 2016 in my dark, and I call them the darkest of dark, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I couldn't see reason or purpose. I was just like, God, I just, the pain would not stop. Mm-hmm. And then now what has really become apparent probably the last six to eight months in the work that I'm doing now is that all of that pain has helped me now be able to mm-hmm. feel help others like find their cup to fill their cup. Cause sometimes yeah. we can't find our cup. Right. Yeah. Cause we're like, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't even know how to start. Yeah. And so I think that that dark and hard journey has, it's, it builds, built some resilience and mm-hmm. definitely has it, like I said, it broke me open in new ways to be kind of reassembled, like mm. transformer style. How's that? Yep. Like it broke it apart <laughs> yeah. and like kind of put it back together. And it's something that it didn't look like before. Yeah. 
So I'm going to ask you a question because this is a common question that I get asked oftentimes because when I share my story, people are like, how did you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just did. I, I know for me, faith is a huge part of it. But the other part of it was to me, it came down to a choice. Do I just give up and this be my life forever? Or do I choose to like take the smallest action possible to get to not be in this state of mind for the rest of my mm-hmm. life? And so my question to you is like, I find that if now that we're retrospective, like now that we can look back, right? Like, what do you feel like was the thing during the grief that said, you know what, even if I just show up, I don't have to say anything. I don't have any pressure or anything. I'm just going to show up. What, what do you think led you to that moment? You know, that's, that's a great question. And I think it's a combination of what you just kind of set up Mm -hmm. in that question, because one of my, um, favorites when things are really, really tough. Cause you know, that the scripture of, you know, praise him in all, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy when things are going good to be like, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But when things are tough, you're like, I'm, I tend to be more like, huh? What? <laughs> really? I don't know. Yeah. I and think we so all are. In that dark time, I happened to read one of, um, I can't even remember the name. It was one of Anne Lamont's book, Lamont's books. And she has, she said, there really are just three prayers. And one is help me. And one is thank you. And Mm. one is wow. Mm. And so at a time when I didn't have acts and I just felt so kind of even angry at God, you Mm. know, and the anger's there and I didn't know what. So my prayer, I would do, I would listen to uh, that Mandisa song, Broken Hallelujah. Mm. I would put that on repeat so I'd have some of that. And I my I would say the Lord's Prayer a lot. And then I would just be like, help me. And then I started to train. My, it wasn't easy. I'm not saying this was like a light switch of like, hey, I right. got this. It's not, it's not easy. It's, it's like trudging to, mud. <laughs> yeah, I started to look for little little things. I'm going to say little mm. things, little signals or because there would be these little things that I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting that I would run into that person mm. on that aisle of the grocery store and I never buy anything mm. on that aisle." You know, mm. so that things like that that would happen or I'd be like, "Well, this is kind of interesting that I would be having this experience. And so that's once I started to be able to notice, you know, mm-hmm. and that was, uh, that was part of it. And I can remember, I like that idea of like the the smallest thing of like, I ask, um, my boss's wife had, a, her best friend had passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say five years before Ricky. And I was like, after I felt like I just wasn't getting any better, I was like, how did you do this? This mm-hmm. is, what did you do? And here's how, this is when the, the signals are coming to you because she researched the grief share. She mm-hmm. was like, this is the program I went through. It was wonderful. And I found one that starts next week at the church around the corner from your house. Here's all the information. Here's the lady you call and tell her you're coming. Mm-hmm. And I'll check on you to make sure you did, you know? And so I started to notice those little signals. And like I said, I also had the post-it of get up. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so it was, I, yeah, little thing and structural things too. Like I, um, I would take my granddaughter to school hmm. because that was something that I had to do that morning. Cause I was working from home. So it'd be easy for me just to, okay, we'll start at 10. No, I had to be up pick her up at seven thirty, And so that was kind of like the, it's like a chain of like, yeah. if you do this thing, then you do this thing and you hook those things together that you want and it will pull you through the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that- no, it makes total sense. It's a, in what my community, they joke with me all the time, but I will say all the time, do what you can when you can. And that will look different every single day. <laughs> but what happens over a period of time you look back and you're like, wow, I did a lot. And I got to a different place Mm -hmm. mindset wise, just thinking wise, just having that thought, that intentional thought of I'm going to do something. (laughs) 
makes all the difference. You know what? That was one of my notes as I was thinking through, you know, topics or just kind of thinking a little retrospectively. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I I do now that has kind of evolved out of that practice, and this is from a, a dear friend of mine, and he and I have lots of conversations about moving through the day. And we talk about, you can set your intentions in the morning for the day, mm-hmm. but then we joke, we're like, and you hold your day in open hands mm. in front of you and not in clenched fists trying yes. to protect and hold on to that thing. And I think that that visual for me of those holding it lightly. Yes. And then you can, I don't know, there's just some beauty in that. So it's mm-hmm. almost, and I don't know why I visualize like even like a bird to take flight of when mm-hmm. it's time, it's time. Um, but yeah, I'm trying, I'm much better about that. I used to try to micromanage every little bit, you know, and before Ricky passed away, I thought I could control and, you know, mm-hmm. the world revolved around me and I could work hard enough and care enough and love enough to make everything perfect. That, that is one of the things that I was delighted to be able to leave behind from the mm. brokenness. I was like, yeah, I, I know better what's my responsibility and what others are and kind of that learning where those boundaries are. Yeah. Well, I thank you for going that little side venture there a little bit deeper into that thought because I know my community, a lot of women have experienced grief. I had uh, an opportunity to talk to, to a woman about grief, about grief looks different. Grief looks different for everyone. Grief is different. We can experience grief from a job loss. We can fear experience grief from, you know, obviously people that we love that pass away, but we can also experience grief of a life that could have been. And for a lot of women who live with chronic illness, and I would imagine there's a whole lot of other grief, even within that one particular moment that changed something that you're Mm -hmm. grieving. Right. And so I really wanted to have that conversation because I do think that affects how we view where we're going, what we're doing as we heal. Definitely. And the, there's the more I learn about grief, man, the more I, this, I enjoy talking about it because so many Mm. people don't. Yeah. And I love to share my story because there was so much, I was caught off guard. I thought something, I thought I was losing my mind. Mm. It's like, what is going on? And then the last, the most recent grief that I've been going through was my sweet Blackie, age 22, little black cat that was originally my husband's passed Mm -hmm. away in February. Mm. And, you know, Nikita, this is, this is where I, I could tell I'm like from the work I've done and just being in a different place of I knew the end was coming, yeah. you know, and I worked so hard. Like every morning we would have coffee and he would sit on my lap for meditation. Oh. And so, and then the last day of his life, when I knew I would have to take him, I asked for help. You know, and that was very different from when I was isolated thinking I had to do everything on my Mm. own. Yeah. And the other part of learning your voice. And so as we go in to the vet and I take him in his little carrier and they're like, take your time. Do you know what? I did. When someone tells me something, I'm you're I'm gonna assume you mean what you you mean it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Because there's so many times where you're like, oh, I don't want to be a burden. I'm like, no, if someone says that, I'm going to take you, you know, it's on you to speak truth to me. Yeah. And if those words coming. And I sat with him, with my yoga music, with our breath, (sighs) and just was able to say goodbye to him. And so if anyone listening, because sometimes people will say, the loss of a pet, they'll kind of discount it. No, uh, there is oh a gosh. wonderful book called the handbook for pet loss or pet loss handbook. Hmm. And it's so good. I bought the one for uh, dealing with grief when you, when humans die, your, mm-hmm. your loved ones. So I have the one for pets and the one for people and it is, it's fantastic. And hmm. so to acknowledge it and to walk with it, it is yeah. Sorry. Look, that's my last one. I was like, I can talk about but Blackie. And he's in he's in the recorded videos for my journal jumpstart class. So <laughs> oh my all my ladies who take the class, and it's been all ladies so far, 
they will see his little paw on the edge of the paper <laughs> as we're working and he'll see me. And after he passed, I was still editing some videos. So he will forever be in that course. Cause you'll see me going, Shh, blackie, blackie, blackie. So, anyway. <laughs> oh but, you know, it is, um, that's an openness that I would not have had, you know, mm. before I experienced such intense grief, you know, I would see people and say, Oh, my pet died. Or now if I see, someone that is experiencing any type of loss, like you said, I yeah. I do my best to try to reach out in a, you know, kind just of, to say, yeah, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Well, to make things a little lighter now, um, <laughs> I know we kind of really went there, but I just feel like, like you said, it's a conversation that we don't hear often. And it's a conversation that I feel like has a lot of stigmas attached to it of how it should be and how it should look. So I'm glad that we were able to hopefully, if you guys are listening to this, feel seen and heard and understood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's always my goal. So for you in this, in this transition of life, how did Super Doodle Girl come into the world? Like, obviously you were doing this as a healing, but how did it turn into a business thing? (laughs) Okay. Her origin story is she started out as a kind of just on a whim for a conference. We were doing a presentation and the conference theme was superheroes. And so I was doing a sketch noting presentation. And so I did a sketch note of drew myself in a little cape and said, I was super doodle girl. That was my superpower. And so at the time, this was years and years ago. And so I got the, it was old blog, the old blogger blog spot thing. And it uh-huh. was super doodle girl. So I had oh. that for like ever and put it away, forgot about it. And so then when I started uh, just sharing my work on Instagram, I was like, oh, I should be super doodle girl. I, no research. No, like, <laughs> is this an easy name to say? What colors? What brain? Just on a whim was like, Oh, I can get it on Instagram, on Facebook, and I can buy the domain. Boom. That's me. That's mine. (laughs) And so I just started without a plan. So I started and then I was like, I started doing free coloring sheets that I would share each month, whatever I was creating. A lot of them are hand lettering or mandalas I was doing. And so I started sharing and then I let's see, the year after Brandy passed away, I was doing a lot of hand lettering and I created a coloring book. And so I published it and it was a collection of all of the quotes that had gotten me through that year. And so that one's called Embrace Your Journey, which, and that is that in all things, you know, give thanks, whatever your journey is. So you are where you are. And so whatever the next thing is. And so the whole book kind of honors that. And so I was like, oh, I'll do a coloring book. So I did that. And, you know, I don't really love making coloring books, but I did one. And now that one, that one is, (laughs) it took me forever to figure out how to do it. But I was like, oh, so I did that. And so then I did, when the pandemic hit, I was like, how could I, you know, help people? And I was all alone and, you know, uh, didn't live with Blackie here, you know? So I was Mm -hmm. like, didn't have like the bubble or anything. So I was like, oh, I started creating mandala coloring sheets and I would send to my mailing list. And then I would get that echo back. You know, when you put things into Mm -hmm. the universe and the universe like sends the signal back. So both with both the coloring books, I have a mindful mandalas and the embrace your journey. I get such beautiful stories back of how Mm. it, how people use it. They're like, oh, I used this. I would sit in color while I waited for my husband to come out of surgery. Oh, mm. we went with my friend who was having chemo and we would color with her. Mm. Oh, we got my parents out of the assisted living. They're living with us. We color in the evenings. So oh, all wow. of these just things started happening. And then I just kept doing stuff and sharing. And a friend of mine, I ended up teaching at Lucky Star at the art camp through a whole story of a teacher couldn't come and then the first substitute teacher couldn't come. And then I end up being the third substitute. And now I've taught every year, like for the past six years, seven years, I teach at camp. So I started teaching there and I realized I I've always loved to teach. I've been an accidental teacher and now I love to teach people how to, like I said, use simple creative tools and techniques to get unstuck. And what have we been finding is finding your path to you. 
yeah. to that little girl who likes to color cows purple. I think, <laughs> I think she's like, there's a little kid in all of us that at one point saw joy, just like jumping in a puddle of water. There yeah. was something when we were kids that created such joy in us. And sometimes through life, we lose connection with that. Mm-hmm. And so that's my mission now. And I, like I said, I've just did the online journal jumpstart and it is a, it was going to be a little class it ended up being like an eight week class. Like it's a long one. Everything's recorded, but you end up creating a whole journal and you learn yeah. skills and you apply them. So you end up discovering your word for the year or your mantra word. So yeah, so I just, honestly, Nikita, I just kept doing stuff and people would ask me and I would say, Yes, and half the time I wouldn't know what I was going to do, and so I would just figure it out and show up with a lot of enthusiasm. What I yeah. lacked in, you know, if I didn't have the, you know, I, I don't know if like I believe like I listened to a lot of Seth Godin, and he's like, "There's not talent. There's just like you show up and you show up and you show up with whatever yeah. you have to share." Yeah, and I kept doing that and saying yes, and then so that's kind of where I am now. I'm like whatever comes along. So now I look at it through the lens of, does it help me help others? Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that. It's like, I had half time. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just doing it. And it it, it seems to be going great. <laughs> I love it. And I think you, I think what's so interesting about that statement is because now that I've been in like your universe and I was listening to your, uh, one of the your presentations in the Creative Spark Summit, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm like, we think that we don't know, but we totally know. Like, we don't just like we just in our in our mind, our conscious mind, are saying, I don't know, but in our mm-hmm. subconscious mind, likely it's like, I know exactly what I need to do. Like, it's a a, a no brainer, but we don't we need we don't always acknowledge it coming full circle. You know, I'm going to tag on to that one with, I, a friend of mine gave me a book called The Creator in You. And so basically it's that story of, you know, of on the seventh day, you know, basically God created us to create. And so I think there is this innate wisdom within us. And the way I've started to look at it is, is people ask me to do things and like, is that just part of a way of getting me to look for that inside or maybe to have that kind of emerge in some way? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but that's a way to kind of frame. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't think I could do that, but someone's asking me, they think I could do that. So let's Mm. explore. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, but I'm going to find out. (laughs) Right. So I try to hold that because my immediate response is, and I have a colleague and he will tell you so many times we're, he'll ask, he's like, because I do some website development, he'll be like, well, can we do this, this and this? And immediately I'm like, no, it won't do that. And then, you know, what happens two weeks later, I'm like, hey, I figured out how to do that. Yeah. So yeah. anytime I have a hard immediate no, he's kind of like, sure, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. You have your hands in a lot of different things. Like you have Super Doodle Girl, you do teaching and other pre- like presentations and graphic design, web design. Like how do you find like harmony without like losing your mind with your hands in all of the buckets? That that is the question that I probably thought about the most as I was like, "Oh, how what what is that that kind of comes together?" And I think what it is, is I really set my intention for the day, like we talked about. Mm. I love to walk Mm. and I love to hike. Mm. And I use those times. I used to use it for like my physical fitness kind of thing of like, oh, I'm going to, you know. I'm going to go exercise. Yeah. You know, my heart beat up. Yeah. Do my thing. And now I use that as reflection or thinking or processing time. So that's one of the things is I like to kind of double dip into that. So that's one of the things that I do. And then I also, this sounds, I I heard this from so many people and I was like, really? Hmm. (laughs) Really? And now look, I'm like doing it. I started meditating daily when the pandemic hit 
And so I have my kind of morning ritual is a 15 minute meditation and I use my gratitude journal. Mm. So that kind of helps set me up. And one of my in progress learning skills is I really am learning to that discernment. Cause you know, as I said about people ask me to do things and now, you know, people, I get asked to do a lot of things because mm-hmm. I can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you're known as that Most kind of women person, can, though. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, it's like, Oh, a woman who can do. Yeah. Yeah. So you get asked to do a lot of things. And so what I've started to and working on is to sit with it a bit and mm. not say yes immediately and not say no immediately to where I'm like, mm. okay, does this. And then it also gives me practice in saying no, because that's mm. another thing that I used to say yes to everything and then work myself into a little, a little tizzy, a little snit of like doing all <laughs> the things. And it was just, it, it did not work. And so I really watch for that. If I'm, if it can't, Oh, I can't remember who said that about the whole body. Yes. Have you heard mm-hmm. that? That you know that whole body. That. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely one. To where if I'm like, well, if I move this around enough, I move this around, and if you know we have a full moon and everything lines up, then I can do <laughs> say. That's no, not mm-hmm. to do that. So yeah, that and then I also have, am blessed with like several different sets of friends that I mm-hmm. gather with got my mahjong set that we love some mahjong we've got you know other groups that we gather for just good food and fellowship so yeah so adding in those like intentional gatherings so that because it's easy to work nonstop it mm-hmm. is easy because i'm inter- everything i say yes to i'm very interested in and so it yeah. would be easy to sit on the computer all the time or on social media or this or that and the other thing i'm starting to do too is like what's the not what do I get out of it, but is it a good investment mm-hmm. in where I want to be? Yes. The life I want to create. Yeah. Or is it just busyness for busyness? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I quit doing was I quit really caring what my Instagram feed looks like. I use <laughs> it now. <laughs> this is terrible. So like marketing people don't listen to what I'm just like, I like to just use it for my daily practice. I do a daily, I'm doing the hundred day challenge. I just like to do, it's not beautiful, but I like to, it's accountability for me. Mm-hmm. And then other people who are kind of like in my community, they see me and they're like, oh, that's really cool. I, I you know, that helps keep me motivated. And yeah. so that to me is the alignment of why I'm doing, I'm not doing it for everyone in the world. I'm doing yeah. it for me and for the, for kind of that, that group, that, the circle of influence type. Yeah. Is yeah. That- Your sphere. Yeah, influence. I love everything you just said because it's literally like um, I have a framework that I teach women specifically on this what we're talking about right now. Like it's like like so on point, and I love that you didn't just you shared like what it looks like. And so one of the things that I talk about often with clients is like finding what is your whole body? Yes. Where does that come from? To me, that comes from value. Like what is important to you? What is, why are you here? What are your gifts? What are they meant to be? And that serves as a filter for all of the other things that you decide to do in your life and how you're sharing that. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I love to do a lot of different things, but I'm going to sit with it to make sure. And my, my, my clients all the time, they're like, Nikita is not going to say yes right away. She's just not. She's going to think about it <laughs> and come yeah. back to you. And to me, that's a way that helps you not burn out, not feel like exhausted by what you love. Because you can love something and like turn <laughs> away from it because of saying yes to things that never should have been in the yes bucket. Right? Oh my gosh. Okay. I am like so curious about the framework now because that, yes, that you get to teach people because this is like, these are skills that I have now that I did not have. You know, these are ones that I've just, I didn't have a Nikita teaching me. I was kind of just running into a wall here and I'm like, okay, that did not work back up. Okay. Let's go over here and see where that kind of space comes with that. So what is your, like when you're trying to, how do you keep balance? For me, it's, I always go back to purpose and values. Like it's, to me, it's a very, uh, it's a very organic process, right? Like 
purpose and values, those shift depending on where you are in your life and what's going on, I think. But I always feel like there's really like pillars there. There's always pillars there that will probably be there for the rest of your life because of who you are, like just who you innately are. And I find like creativity, women specifically have been taught that. How do I say this in the way that I like to say it? (laughs) Women have been taught that their intuition and the things that are important to them can be pushed aside. And so they need to make decisions based on everything else and then them. And that leads to them trying all of the things that were never things that you need to spend time trying because they are not in your values house. They're not Mm -hmm. in your purpose house. And so I believe that curiosity comes from when you see something that hits at one of those values that are core to you that you're like, oh, I want to know more about that. It doesn't put you in a box, but it directs your 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 path in life a lot easier when you're like, this connects with me because of this. I want to see more versus, well, someone told me or the 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 world around us has said I should <laughs> and I'm going to and tapping like removing that and tapping into, okay, what is me? I call it the real you. Like, what is the real you? That is beautiful because that for the longest time I grew up and developed a narrative about myself Mm -hmm. that I know now was not true. Yeah. You know, and so I shared part of it was, you know, I couldn't draw. Mm -hmm. Another one is that uh, there were people close to me that don't value introversion. Mm. were very extroverted and I was a very quiet and a very shy child. Mm. And so someone who doesn't know or understand me was like judgy of like, well, you just, you know, you just, I value in, this is the other person. It's like, well, I value friends and relationships more because, you know, I'm just extroverted that way. I'm like, welcome to here. May I introduce you to an (laughs) introvert? who what we love are really deep, interesting, significant conversations, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, it really is about how you recharge your energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, but what I've, you know, so as I've this journey from the dark, I'm like the darkness, and then we had the pandemic. So I've got the before. T- so yeah. all of that through that, what I have continued to evolve into, because the other thing with my lettering, when I started doing that, they talked me into becoming a member of the calligraphy guild, which sounds super fancy, right? And I'm not a calligrapher. I'm not a calligrapher at all. And luckily our guild is very open to all lettering styles. So I love our guild, but I was like, as a member of that, then, and I would take these classes with these amazing calligraphers. Well, I started to develop the narrative, like I'm not creative because I can't do copper plate and I and I realize now I'm like, hey, guess what? Uh, I haven't been trained and I don't want to practice. So there's a reason I don't have that skill. Yeah. And so now what I realized is I like to draw crooked, out of scale, out of balance letters. And I love it. It delights mm-hmm. me. It's my mud puddle that I love to <laughs> jump in and just flail about. And so now I'm like, that's me. You know, yeah. I am... A kind of a loud introvert. I will talk a lot, but I do like to be by myself and I draw crooked letters and crazy drawings and I love it. Yeah. I just enjoy just playing on the page. I love it. I love it. I love that you shared that. If someone wants to doodle, like someone wants to like really unleash their inner doodle, how would they get started? One, I recommend you get her course. Like She's really cool stuff on her website. So definitely check the show notes for all of that jazz because it's amazing. But where would they need to get started? You know, where they would need to get started is um, look around for uh, crayon, chalk, stick, anything, (laughs) writing utensil and paper. (laughs) If you're going to go analog, if you have iPad and Procreate, do that. I start with like just... Our actual warm ups, every class I teach, we start by drawing circles 
or straight lines. And then immediately I say circle-ish because people will be like, oh, but it's not a beautiful circle. I'm like, no, 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 no. To kind of a, just making marks on the page. Yeah. And so that's what I do is we play with that. And I'll say, if you just start making marks and the, that's how we warm up, we'll do circles for about a minute. We'll make big ones. We'll make little ones. We'll have them connect. We'll do lines and we just start exploring. And that first part can be hard. I have worked with students who, uh, one of them was a a certain type of pen that I had provided, had no idea. It's one of my favorites. This student had had a bad experience uh, in a handwriting class as a young child in a very stern learning environment and had never been able to draw the letter O, you know, correctly enough. So, I mean, there will be these things. So that's why I, <laughs> I, when I teach, you would be like, do you really teach doodling? I was like, I teach, I think Nikita, this is why I think I resonate with you. Cause I'm like, I teach mindset around doodling. Because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. We do a lot of, I have seen people hold their breath. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, but one of my favorites, and this is, I'm going to hold this up on the screen, but I do love just a little composition book. They're not expensive. So I do recommend people that are getting started, uh, paper make flare pens and cheap composition notebook. It's not expensive. So you're not, so it will help lower the, the precious threshold. Because if you go out and you buy $40 markers and a $50 journal, the stakes are too high for you to play. You're going to be like, Oh no. And I have seen people, they're like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. This needs to be beautiful. And I'm like, well, we'll get there, but we've got to start with just getting stuff on. Okay. So that's my number one thing is start with, you know, whatever you have or just get something and start playing. So that is, that's one of my favorites. I do. I've shared on, let's see, was it a couple of years ago, I did the hundred day uh, for the hundred day challenge. I wrote the Lord's prayer a hundred different ways, like literally it's lettered a hundred different ways, hundred days in a row. And one of my favorite things was I had a little tiny, uh, little tiny sketchbook. It was maybe three by five and I would keep it in the pocket of my softball camp chair with a pencil. And so you will see, and if you look back in the, on the, on Instagram, you'll see some of those were my favorite little doodles because mm. I, I didn't have a whole bunch of choice of tools. I had a pencil. I might've had a marker to a, a paper mate flare and I had that notebook. So the other thing that we do, uh, especially journal jumpstart is definitely this way is limiting your tools. So don't go by. 200 marker and I, I am I'm, that um, person. I am that person. I am so the person like I decided I wanted to get into watercolor and I went to Hobby Lobby and lost my mind. I bought all of this stuff and it does give you like that, like, oh no, which one should I use? Feeling yeah. <laughs> all the brushes. It is. And that's what, when I put together the, I put together a tool guide and there are some artists or doodle people who will put together and they're like, oh, here are 800 different things you need to get started. Well, there is paralysis of choice. Yes. So many times I'm like, here's my go-to. And so that's what I put in my, t- my guide. I don't have, I have maybe three different types of journals that I love. I've got three different fine liner. I don't have a whole bunch of, of things because You'll grow into that. You don't need me to like, hey, here's another shiny object. <laughs> she said, hey. <laughs> I'm working against that because I know, because I have worked with ladies, because my uh, and my cousin Missy, if she listens to this, she knows I made Journal Jumpstart for her because she was like, she, she thinks that what she would say is that hoarding craft supplies was her, that's her time. Not you. She was like, Oh, I like to hoard them. And you know, we do that. And I think it's a way of, you know, we talk about like you show up and you do the work. I think it's a way women, and I'm going to say women, I don't know, people can procrastinate Mm. in search of the perfect tool. Yes. That's so And the story they tell themselves is like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to do this. Well, I want to do it right. So I'm going to get this. I'm going to, and so it, you're just kicking the can from doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because yeah. people ask they're all the time. They're like, how do you get some? I'm like, because I really don't care what it ends up looking like. It ends up looking pretty cool, but I don't start out with that. I'm like, I just sit down and do the work. Yeah. I'll send you a, like a little show note there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get started and you'll, you'll be amazed at what shows up on your page. I love that advice so much. And also because I am probably like, was it your cousin or your, your, your my cousin? Yes. I'm, I'm like your cousin. And like, if you open up a closet in my office, there is so many hobby things. I go between each one trying to decide which one I'm going to do. And I'm totally the person who will buy all of the things for that hobby and try it for a while and be like, ah, I think I don't like that one and go into the next one. I, that's just me. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. My husband's like, so what are you learning this year? <laughs> That's me. Oh my God. I finally had to have a serious talk with myself because there I had uh, fabric, everything for the fabric dyeing. I had everything for the tile mosaics. I, oh, I was going to knit. I was going to crochet. <laughs> I was, you know, every possible. Th- and finally I was like, Hey, you know what I really like to do? Draw with markers. Yeah. I did I did keep a few acrylic paints, but that that's my thing now. I'm like, I love working in a sketchbook. I like mm-hmm. it to be portable so I can just take my little stuff and because what I found, oh my gosh, because I I think yeah, for a while I just love shopping and making sure I got the best supplies and all the supplies. I'm like, oh shiny, shiny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I think there are so many things in this episode. We didn't even get to all the things I wanted to talk about, but I feel like this was such a, like a real conversation about life and creativity in such a beautiful way and honoring where you may be, or if you're listening to this, how you may have felt in the process of getting to where you are or trying to get to where you need to be, you know, where you feel like you want to be. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your just your love for what you do. It was definitely my pleasure. And I love the conversation. How can we find you? You can find me online. My website is superdoodlegirl.com. And then on Instagram, I am superdoodlegirl. And you can also find me on Facebook. Um, so yeah, all of those. And right now I'm at day 92 in my 100 days of joyful doodles. So I'm doing little three by fives there. And I think I might keep going after 100 because pretty good. I like it. Now, don't judge the flowers, but... Uh, <laughs> She likes it, and that's all that matters. Okay, that's all that, that matters. Is all that matters. <laughs> like, that's a fl- there was one I was like, uh, flower ish. We'll just ish. say flower, yeah, ish, ish. But yeah, that. so I'm super doodle girl online, so you can find me there. All right, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening, and I hope this conversation inspired you. Be sure to visit craftedtothrive.com to check out our show notes, connect with our guests, and grab some of those goodies. Join us for the next episode. And in the meantime, remember, yes, 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 you are crafted to thrive.